and welcome to Focal Point, the IMV Imaging Podcast. I'm Harriet, your host, and I'm joined by Amy. Hi, guys. And our IMV Imaging Brand Ambassador and Nurse Consultant, Jack Pye. Hi, everyone. So this month's discussion is all about wireless handheld ultrasound machines. And at IMV, we've been very lucky to be given the opportunity to take the GE B-Scan Air for a test drive. So to give you a little bit of background, the B-Scan Air is a lightweight wireless handheld device with dual-headed probes. So that means that it's got both a curved and a linear array transducer on the same device, both of which have the ability to assess blood flow via color Doppler. Examinations are all visualized via a mobile app, which connects to the ultrasound device through Bluetooth. For a device that weighs about 205 grams. It's uh, durable and has so far coped pretty well in practice with the normal wear and tear that most ultrasound machines encounter. GE even state that it can withstand a rainstorm, but I'm not recommending that anybody leaves it outside in the British weather. But handing over to you guys, what are your thoughts on the B-Scan Air so far? Well, uh, we've been using it to teach on some of our courses um, and the, the guys that are seeing it uh, with us are really impressed just to start with with the aesthetic of it because it's a really pretty machine it's so small and um, it sits really nicely in the hand and it sits quite nicely on its little um wireless charger as well um, and the way that the lights come on and, and tell you sort of what what it's up to as well is really good so people have been very impressed with that for a start i know it's not the most important part of an ultrasound machine but i think it, it does make a difference um, and then it's just people have been really impressed with how easy it is to use, particularly the controls on the um, mobile app. How are you finding it, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very user friendly all, all around. So with the probe and with the with the app that you're using as well. I know a lot of people can be quite put off and scared by ultrasound machines with all the sort of buttons that they've got going on and sort of different settings that are there. So this is much more user friendly for anyone just to sort of pick it up and get it started with really so yeah definitely what's been uh, the bit of scanning that you've been most impressed with because uh, i've got a story but i'll get you to go first so i've been using it mainly uh kennel side so taking it to the patient in the kennel which has been really nice if they're recovering from a procedure or if they're sort of in in the kennel on fluids for instance you know sort of looking to monitor any free fluid or um have a quick sort of look at their chests or thorax cavity looking at hearts um, it's sort of got all of the, the gadgets really to, to see what you need to, and especially in a triage and ECC scenario. Um, and then having a sort of conversation with Harriet about the um, sort of curved probe and the, the linear probe. Um, I've been sort of trying both on, on some patients and on those smaller patients that the linear probe's actually been given some really, really cracking sort of images of adrenal glands and, and the kidneys and the the colour Doppler on it as well has been quite sort of specific with it. So, yeah, really impressed. I think it's really good in the fact because it has both the, the curved uh, transducer and the linear transducer and therefore has a range of frequencies. So the, the convex or the curved linear on one side goes from about 2 to 5 megahertz um, and a depth of up to about 24 centimetres, uh, whereas the linear uh, transducer on the other side ranges from about 3 to 12 megahertz and will do a depth to about eight centimeters and with this it means that you've got a massive range of being able to in an ECC scenario scan a cat for free fluid with a linear or you know scan a, a bull mastiff or one of the giant breeds with the curved side so it's really got you know so much much range as to what we can use it for and um, what we're finding as well is that when we use them on the courses um 
to just kind of show people the kit and get get their heads into um, what we've got available with portable ultrasound is that we're managing to scan uh, pancreases really well uh, with the linear probe, adrenal glands. And um, it's really impressive, actually, for a handheld device that we've got such a, a good frequency and such clarity of image that we can actually see that stuff really, really nicely. And um, it's really impressed us, actually. I generally, you, you do, because the images are you know, so clear, it would, it's one of those scenarios where it could be so useful in practice where say you have got an emergency situation or a dog presents collapsed in, you know, the waiting room and you can't lift it to carry it through or bring the ultrasound machine out where you have just got a portable handheld device. You can just have a look, see if there's free fluid in the abdomen. And in other cases, say if you had a pregnancy diagnosis booked in, rather than having to take the bitch out into the prep room to use the practice ultrasound machine or bringing the practice ultrasound machine into the consult room, by using a wireless device, it means that you're able to scan the bitch there and then in the consulting room, you'll get the images on your phone and it just makes the whole process so much more time efficient. Um, have either of you two used it in a consult room at all? I've used it for some... Um, when we've got like a welcome bitch come in potentially so um, and just checking heart rates um, has been quite nice for because also you tend to have the owner with the with the, the, the pet then as well so it's quite easy that you can actually show them what's going on um, and I quite like the function on the probe where you can press the button and it freezes it as well because sometimes you haven't got a free hand to do that and um, specifically if you're holding the phone or if you've got an iPad iPad set up um, for a slightly sort of bigger screen view it's quite nice to be able to show then what's going on as well so then they understand um but that case for anything with, with what you're scanning that it's quite easy to to get them images off in a in a decent sort of resolution rather than taking a picture of an ultrasound screen potentially and then sort of trying to show that and losing the quality of it so yeah. i actually used it on a dyspneic cat so where in this in this hospital where the oxygen is it's in a kind of dark corner which when you try and get the actual ultrasound machine in and around it's very annoying so by using um the v-scan and just having the app on the ipad i was able to not only see free fluid in the chest but also when doing a, an abdominal focus um, examination found that it had a quite substantial kidney tumor as well which was very interesting to see and with the v-scan is the images you can save them as you go and you can save um cine, cine loops as well and if you were to just transfer them you know between phones or onto your laptop they'll save as jpegs or scene loops but if you have got the patient details you can actually transfer um, them onto packs as as dicom images as well which is really useful so you can get your images on this uh wireless device and then transfer it to your packs if the practice has it that's quite impressive isn't it they've really kind of thought ahead you can tell that it's it's made by ge if it's kind of thinking ahead that way um, I was just thinking, Jack, from a teaching point of view, have you found that it's helped you to teach other nurses? Yeah, I think so. It's, um, I think it's more accessible um, and the people who have got to sort of have a go with it there, they find it quite exciting and because it, it's easy for them to use, they're more sort of receptive to having a go rather than if you've got the big stack machines that if you're not experiencing using can be quite daunting. And um, they're much more sort of like, oh, actually, I can do that. It's just the one thing they've got to focus on. And then they can adjust the depth and, and sort of the gain as well um, quite easily rather than having to sort of um, fiddle around and worry that you're going to break your machines. So um, and then being able to just 
the freeze and capture images so, so quickly and easy and just then carry on scanning and moving on and then referring back to them they've definitely sort of been picking up on it quite a lot more so yeah i think it's the the ease of access for it and um and the user friendliness of, of the app as well so yeah. if you had to name a favorite function that it does what would you go for i really like um the color flow on it actually on the on the linear probe specifically i've taken some pictures of kidneys and put the color flow on them and i'm just like wow it's so like so accurate and specific um for it so yeah and i've also found an adrenal gland on it so that has to prove that it's actually got some some pretty good qualities about it so yeah i guess it's really easy to assume that with these wireless portable uh, ultrasound machines that the frequency and the resolution may not be diagnostic enough to find things like adrenal glands and that you know their main job which it, it may be but in addition to others uh, would be just you know emergency situations where you're finding fluid but in cases of the linear probe on the v-scan you know you can actually scan an abdomen with it and uh, do a full abdominal scan in cats at least. I was really impressed with the colour as well, exactly the same way that you were, Jack. So what I love to do is um, get a picture of a kidney on an ultrasound machine, put the colour on and, and open up the box to kind of cover the whole kidney and then see all of the beautiful blood flow um, and all the sort of vessels adjacent to each other through the kidney. And um, so when I did that with the V-Scan Air, I found I got exactly the same pattern as I do for, you know, the GE Logic and, and things like that. So I thought, well, this is actually very accurate um, and quite impressive, really, for a handheld machine that they've managed to kind of make it as as good as that, because um, Doppler settings can sometimes, you know, be a little bit people who are, are into cardiac scanning can be quite particular about their Doppler settings. And I think the the color Doppler does seem to be really good. Um, and it's just really cool for showing people when you're doing POCUS scanning, they're looking for free fluid. You can also obviously check if you've got stationary fluid or if you're on a vessel rather than being confused about that, which I think is, is quite impressive for a handheld machine that allows people to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, there's been quite a few times when I'm sort of teaching people when they're scanning and they know what sort of they've picked up what fluid has looked like from either sort of theory um teaching and then they're doing the practical side of things and then they see that sort of fluid appearance they wonder if it is free fluid or whether it's um a blood vessel and it's quite easy just to pop that doctor on and and just sort of show them that no that's that's blood flow and then they've sort of got it from there and then you see them go on to to scan in future and then they're then just doing exactly the same they're just putting the doctor on just to double check and they, they know then um so it's nice to see the developments from it so yeah and also the measurement tool as well that you can go back and measure things after you've captured the image rather than having to do it at the time is quite a nice function I think as well because sometimes we don't always measure everything we need to right at that sort of very second so to be able to go back on that and and take measurements and save them for sort of patient records is quite handy. Just going back to what you were saying um, especially with nurses and your hospitalised patients it it is such a handy tool saying if you were just measuring the status of, you know, dogs that have had X-laps or have had free fluid and just seeing how they progress throughout the hospital. And it it's so easy, you know, if you are a nurse, um, you know, working nights or working during the day, you can just take your mobile device, your own phone, in fact, as long as you've downloaded the, the GE app, and then just go from patient to patient, just monitoring them as you go. And, you know, it's never been handier rather than having to wheel a tower system or wheel a trolley with an ultrasound machine on into the dog ward uh, to examine these patients. 
Yeah, absolutely. I bang on about this all the time, um, especially with like gastrointestinal surgery, because I think the more we scan them, the better, because we're going to pick up on any abnormalities so much quicker and the patient care that we can provide and patient outcomes is just far improved because if they have got a breakdown of, of any sort of wound or dehiscence going on with their gastrointestinal tract, we can pick up on free fluid a lot quicker. We can look at gut motility, which I've seen sort of very clearly on, on the GE um, B scan. So that's really nice as well to, to be able to monitor sort of peristalsis. Do we need to help with nutrition? Um, but being able to just, yeah take it to the kennel rather than getting that patient out if they're potentially uncomfortable or if they're still recovering from anesthesia it just makes it so much more accessible for everyone it's even just the the simple um fact of not having a um a power socket right next to the kennel and having a machine that perhaps doesn't really have a great battery life anymore would be enough to stop you doing poker scanning and do you know what we're finding on courses and when we're doing in practice training is because we're talking about poker scanning more and more people are more and more interested in it as well um so it's nice to be able to say yeah this is how you do it and we also have this cool tool that's going to make your life just so much easier um, and from a communication point of view, I, I think it's it's great to be able to have something in the consult room that's not a total faff to wheel it through um, and show owners things. And I think because people really like kind of funky, good looking technology as well, I can imagine clients and owners seeing that sort of kit, you know, shown on even a phone or an iPad and just think, God, that's so cool. This practice is really forward thinking and really looking ahead and I'm quite impressed with it. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool piece of kit. It's just so quick, even like scanning a, a bladder in a kennel as well. So there's nothing more painful than needing a wee. So being able to just keep an eye on bladder sizes is is quite easy to do. And there's several different measurement settings as well. Um, it's not just the, the straight line. It's also got that circular um, sort of diameter um, measurement as well. So quite handy. Just going back to battery life um, with, with what you were saying, Amy, is the battery life is 50 minutes to near enough an hour so which is pretty good for a uh, for a little handheld machine um so it is a case of you know you're not having to charge it every second to be able to do the next patient um you can you know once you've scanned you can then go on to the next patient and then just pop it on it's a touchpad charger as well a bit like um, an android phone um or iphones now and then it just sits on the charger one when you're not using it yeah, on that note, actually, because I've been away um, on holiday and not taught any courses for a little while. Uh, I hadn't used mine for about two and a half weeks, turned it on today, and it was still completely charged, which I found fantastic. So it hasn't like run down when it's not been being used, which is a good thing as well. Just thinking, that I know with all of us being small animal, but just uh, popping my kind of equine hat on for a second, it is you could very easily use the the v-scan in in horses um say if you were on the road um and you had an emergency colic you know it's got a, a convex transducer which you know does that low frequency which is a frequency we would be using um, if we were scanning an equine abdomen um but you're not having to um take a big expensive ultrasound away from the practice on the road you know you could just have the GEV scan air in the car when you're going to your out of our emergency colics, scan the abdomens of horses, see if there's any free fluids, see if there's a distended small intestine, and then you can make a better clinical judgment on the more information you can get. Also, it does have, again, with equine, it does have the linear transducer, which can be used to examine those, you know, uh, musculoskeletal structures, and you can carry out 
you know, more examinations in the field than you would each time you were going out to a horse? My um my next thing that I want to do with it is um use it to help place intravenous catheters. Um, in if there's any patients that are quite difficult in terms of placing them, so if they've got any sort of collapsed veins or people are struggling, um, I was recently looking into what the NHS use their um ultrasound probes for, and they tend to use their linear probe quite often for um if there's any sort of difficult to sort of cannulate patients. So I think that linear probe on on the GEB scan will be quite helpful to to be able to sort of visualise a um a blood vessel and and place an IV line in there. So. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's had experience with doing that yet. It's like an IV cut down, but done visually rather than actually physically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it might just sort of help with success rates of IV cannulation and, and visualising it. So yeah, I generally hadn't actually um, ever thought of that in swanals. I know I've done it in horses to um, scan the jugulars if they're not able to catheterize them or to see if they've had like jugular thickening if they've had a long-term catheter in but that would be really interesting to see if we can do it in small animals and things like i guess nerve blocks and um which are becoming sort of more and more popular with the use of ultrasound now as well with it being so accessible and so sort of freely available um and we all know how easy it is to use it probably will sort of come into come into use in that sector as well um, so I was going to ask you guys, um, in your experience with using it, sort of at what kind of size and weight and body condition score of patient do you generally find you need to switch between the linear and the convex? Because I found that I could scan a sort of six to seven kilogram lean young Jack Russell really well with the linear. Um, but say if we ended up with sort of a, a 10 kilogram slightly chunky Daxi, for instance, I think it might struggle to penetrate a little bit. I was just wondering what your experiences are with where you need to switch between the two if you're doing an abdo scan. Absolutely. It's it's one of those where it's just a general ultrasound. You know, if you have um, a leaner animal, um, there's less depth of penetration, then a linear is, is far better. The only unfortunate thing goes from either linear to a convex. And obviously the convex only has a frequency of two to five megahertz, which is great for deep penetration. So it's great for those big dogs. But when you've got that middle category of animals, so probably the, although you'll be able to see detail in the, you know, 15 to 25 kilo dogs, the resolution is going to be reduced, but it will still give you the information that you're looking for. It's also really easy to switch it up between the two. It's so quick to just flip the probe around with it being sort of having both probes on there and on the app, it's literally a click of about two buttons and it's swapped it over. So I tend to sort of flick between the two depending on what I'm scanning and what depth is that. So if there is that sort of slightly larger taxi, for instance, that's not as lean as the, the smaller ones, um, but their kidney might be a bit more sort of close to the peripheral sort of skin edges, um, then I have sort of flipped it over and, and done that for different parts of the, the body. So um, as opposed to needing sort of a, a bit more of a better depth, then just swapping it to the, the convex probe. Um, so generally people do poker scanning with a micro convex. So that's really the convention. Um, how are you finding using the uh, either convex or linear for poker scanning? Have you found that there's you need to only use the convex or, you know, is the linear okay? How are you finding that? Again, I think it depends on on the patient. Um, so if we've had sort of, we had a fairly lean cat in and the other day that I had, um, that came in for focus um, after being sort of found as a stray and um, 
sort of flicked between both of them just because the it did have a splenic mass and that was quite sort of large so um when we were doing sort of that part of the evaluation we were sort of using the convex probe just to get a bit of a, a better um larger depth on it and just to sort of assess the the whole sort of picture and then um some of the sort of smaller details smaller pockets of fluid we used in the the linear probe in that focus sort of situation so that was quite um useful um, I was just wondering, with doing thoracic focus scanning, um, how are you finding using the linear probe for smaller patients? Are you kind of finding that you've got a fairly good window in, or are you finding that you get rib shadowing a bit too much? It is difficult. Obviously, with by convention, you're supposed to use microconvex, but the linear, especially in cats, in that cat that had pleural effusion uh, last week, uh, you can you do get a little bit of rib shadowing because it is quite a narrow linear probe that allows you to then fit between the rib spaces as well. Although it hasn't got that nice curve of the microconvex, by being quite a narrow linear, you can then fit between the rib space and then just slide down the rib spaces to be able to identify any fluid that's there. Uh, so when you first picked up the kit, obviously, uh, for all of us, we needed to kind of play with it a bit and work out how to use it. Um, what would be your sort of top tip now having had it for a few weeks and really got to grips with it? Something that you you wish you'd maybe sort of worked out earlier or that was a bit of a, a handy hint for people? I find I get better images with it if I um, properly prep the patient. Um, so degrease the skin with it and the images are far far better in terms of the, the resolution um so that would be my my tip is to sort of give it time and also just remember that it's not there to replace the big stack machines as well so it's absolutely incredible piece of kit um for what we need it for um but yeah I mean, yeah, I found the same um, with poker scanning, in theory, depending on the um, how much of an emergency and how critical the patient is, um, you don't always have to clip, uh, you don't always have to prep the patient. But I do find that with particularly the convex probe, um, removing hair and degreasing makes all the difference. So if you ever sort of play with the convex probe, just scanning your own abdomen, and we're obviously reasonably hairless, um, the picture you get is really quite impressive, actually. Whereas if you're trying to scan a, a slightly stubbly or hairy hairy animal, um, yeah, the, it does struggle a little bit. So I, I agree, actually. I think patient prep is quite important. And just it. remembering to use the probes interchangeably and not just using the probes interchangeably and not just sticking to the convex, because I know... You kind of pick up one, you start using it, and we we probably all done it when we first started using the V scan. We just used the convex, and it took a couple of days to be like, oh, there's actually another probe on here, and then using them interchangeably just and completely changes your examination, and just allows you to see so much more and just do a much th- more thorough examination. But yeah, definitely, I may I uh, took a second to, um, even though I knew it was there just took a second to get into that routine of using both and just turning the probe around yeah I totally agree I think I didn't start using the other side until me and Harriet had a conversation about the sort of the images that it was given on those sort of smaller patients I think it's because we fall into the trap of if we have sort of the laptop star machines or the the stack type machines we tend to just pick up our microconvex probe for for an abdomen and just stick with that the whole way through whereas the, the linear ones in practice I've been in tend to just sort of sit there and don't really get touched all that much in sort of small animal use. Um, whereas it's completely different with, with the B-scan. So it's sort of, they've definitely both got their uses um, for, 
for poker scans and sort of ECC use or just general use sort of around the practice in, in any scenario, really? Um, the Yeah, I've got... Um, so one thing that we have actually used it for was um, our CryptOrchid dog castrates, um, which I think are getting more and more common. I've seen more in the last five or six months than I have in years, but that might be because I've been working nights for the past sort of few years. Um, but locating the testicle on um, with a portable probe is so useful because you can quite easily make it um, sort of sterile potentially with, with some sort of see-through drapes um, and the surgeon can potentially use it to locate it before they make their incision. Um, so lessening sort of surgery time and, and just sort of getting a better view of, of where it's situated. So, yeah. Have you been doing this with any abdominal testicles or have they been inguinal? One abdominal, one inguinal. So um, we had an abdominal one today um, and it worked quite nicely on it. It just sort of sped up the whole sort of um, surgical time, really. Oh, lovely. So did you find it sort of in the um, near the inguinal canal, but obviously internally? Yeah, so where it, where it roughly should be, if you sort of expect... Um, it was kind of a textbook one when the abdomen was opened and they sort of were, were finding it where they'd expect to see it. So it's quite a nice lean dog. So, um, yeah. It is quite nice when you open them and you just find them sat next to the bladder. So they're quite nice to scan, actually, aren't they? Because they are just sitting next to the bladder. So it's it's quite handy to find. Yeah, definitely. And it's always good to differentiate them from lymph nodes. So it is something we'd recommend. Um you know, if you are suspicious of a cryptorchid testicle, always ultrasound scan it for peace of mind. And if you see the mediastinus testi, at least you know 100% it's a it's a testicle and not a lymph node. Uh, yeah, so the um the sort of lumpy areas on the inguinal region can be a fat pad or can be a lymph node. So definitely scan them. So uh, just thinking about the direction that ultrasonography is going, um, as far as we can see um, in our work, people are wanting to learn how to do it. People are really kind of wanting to come out of vet school, learn how to do it, because it's such a useful technique. And obviously with our the nurse courses that we're now running and the uptake on those and how we're really kind of trying to upskill nurses as well to use this uh, technique. With the handheld scanners, um, how do you guys feel that's going to kind of help to revolutionise where ultrasound's going in practice? I think it's just going to benefit patient care ultimately. It's going to give... Um, vets and nurses more sort of job satisfaction they know what they're looking at and how they can then create a treatment plan for their patient and act, actually sort of see it um, in progress in front of them um, it makes it a lot more accessible as well because some sort of practices don't necessarily have um, ultrasound machines whereas I think they're now becoming more and more readily available um, due to sort of prices and things like that and also sort of being user-friendly is one of the the most important things because one of the top things I hear is that there's so many buttons on it and I don't know where to start and I'm worried about breaking it. Whereas with these portable handheld devices, they're so easy just to switch on and start using. Um, and even if they're sort of starting out on sort of a basic level, um, the more you use it, the more you're going to sort of build up your image bank and your knowledge um, and improve the patient care and provide sort of better patient um, support as well. I think it's also helping us keep in line with the human world. So, you know, we're getting to do more bedside treatment and technology is always, well, medical technology is continuously advancing in the human world. And the veterinary world is always usually that one step behind, but 
we are catching up. And I think by having access now to uh, wireless ultrasound scanners, we are going to be able, as you say, Jack, provide better patient care and just have constant kind of clinical updates of what is going on with our critical patients. What is it, um, I think you have mentioned, what is this like water um, stuff like, can it be used in water and stuff like that? I think it can't, can it? So the V-Scan, it is splash proof, but you can, you, it's advised not to submerge it. I think it's another kind of quite impressive thing that uh, G have done there with the scope of the V-Scan that they have effectively told us you can use this outside, therefore you can use it on, on large animals and um, it will cope with that environment. Um, so I think the, the scope of, of having it in practice for farm animal, uh, equine animal vets is, is pretty cool. Well, that's been a great discussion and it's been great fun getting to use the GEB scan air in practice and on our training courses. Um, if you would like any further information or you're interested in um, trialing one or purchasing one for your practice, then please drop the clinical team an email on clinical at imv-imaging.com. I'd just like to say thank you to the both of you for joining me and we'll be back next month for another episode of Focal Point. Until then, please take a look at our social media platforms and our website for lots more great imaging content and keep scanning. So it's a goodbye from all of us. Bye. Bye.